Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. We are finishing a conversation with Candace Roberts about how anxiety fits with Jesus and our motherhood. I know that anxiety and worry and fear have all been things that have wrapped around my motherhood. They've all been things that some days have made me believe I'm not a good mom, have made me believe I'm not a good Christian. In fact, that I should be taken off the list in God's eyes of anybody he could use or anyone he wants to equip or work with. And those lies from the enemy are exactly the things we're talking about. If you missed our first part, the first episode of this, I would encourage you to go back and catch that because in that episode, Candace shares four questions that help her in the middle of her anxious moments. You know, in one part of this story, she's going to share in the middle of even a panic attack. These questions give her a stabilizing place. If you missed that first episode, I want to give you the questions really quickly, and then we're going to jump right into the conversation again. The questions that Candace asked, she said, when I feel anxiety, I ask this of the Holy Spirit. Where is this coming from? What is my body trying to tell me? Is it true? And then what, if anything, can I do? And then she finishes those questions by saying, I need to remember, and it's true for all of us, we need to remember, we are protected by God's perfect love. You see, right in the middle, where it feels very scary, we are protected by God's perfect love. There are going to be, in our show notes this week, an easy downloadable you can get from Candace. There's a link in the show notes, but let's jump right into the conversation again as Candace continues to unpack for us how even in our anxiety and even in our doubt, we can know, we can know that God is walking with us and he loves us right there in the middle of it. The worst thing that we can do is, is believe that our anxiety separates us from him because I truly believe and have seen this for myself as my perspective has changed. And as I start to like, and I still have them all the time, anxiety attack or panic attack, I'll start to have one. And immediately I'm trying to make a habit. This is 40 years that I'm trying to undo to say, God loves me right now, right in the middle of, of this, this anxiety of this panic. And you know what, instead of, instead of that, like stoking the fire that starts to bring my my emotions down that start. Oh, God loves me right where I am. Like the Holy spirit is here and he's going to give me the wisdom. Um, just last week I had a situation that, I mean, it threw me for a loop. Like I, I did not sleep all night. I was, I was 
having a horrible panic, panic attack all night. It was just a really bad situation. And I knew in that situation, Bethany, I knew when it started, I knew that God was working. I knew he would work it out. I knew that in the end, all things were going to work together for you. I knew and believed in my heart of hearts that all of that would happen. It did not change how hard that situation was. It did not change the circumstances that were making me panic and giving me anxiety that had triggered my nervous system, um, probably for some past hurts and traumas, but also just the hardness of the situation, the hardness of what, you know, we can't, we're human. We can't like over, we can't overcome that like automatically, like we're human. We have human emotions and human feelings. And that's why we do suffer. We have suffering because those things are real in us. That didn't mean I had any less faith. I had so much faith in God, like half halfway through that pain attack, I was praying so loud in the spirit. Like I was quoting scripture, you know, as I'm panicking, you know, I'm like quoting scripture and I'm telling the devil, like, you know, this is not, you are not going to win here. And like, I knew beyond a shadow of doubt, but I still had those feelings and I still had to go through what I went through. Sometimes we can have all the faith in the world that God will work it out and still feel the anxiety of the situation, still feel those emotions and still struggle and deal with those emotions. I, I love those questions that you shared because I think it, it puts a framework around how do we practically look at this with a gospel lens, with a lens that says, God's not rejecting me in this moment, right? nor has he turned his back on me and I'm abandoned in this moment, right? but instead God will lead me through this because those questions really help you to shift um, your, your focus. Yes. And still, and still go back to the truth, you know, still go back to the truth. Like we're not trying to leave God out of this. I think, I think there's a pro, you know, in the church, we try to make it too like we over spiritualize it right in the world. They way under spiritualize it. So it's taking all of God out of it, like solve the problem mm-hmm. without God. Well, you can't, there's no way to do that. It's, it's mm-hmm. all going to fall in on itself. So, so what we're trying to do in, in a healthy way is address what you're struggling with. But then also bring yourself back to that truth. I mean, that's why we memorize God's word. It's not to check a box. It's because that's the answer. Like he created us. He created this world. It's like the instruction manual. So he, when he's saying, do not fear, like a lot of times he says, do not fear for I am with you. And we will memorize that and we'll say it, you know, do not fear for I'm with you. Well, why is that important? Why, why should I not fear because God is with me? Well, because God is the most powerful person in our, you know, on the planet. He's, he can do anything like he is in charge of the situation and he, he is all powerful. And so in this situation I'm struggling with, and I'm having anxiety over God is, is here with me and he's, you know, he's on my side and he's for me, you know? And so that, that brings me to not panic, you know, to not, right. to not ha- have as much anxiety. Whereas, I think, I- yeah, well, well, I was going to say, I think too, for me, the reason I need that verse too, is also because somehow in my fear, 
I believe I'm all alone. Yes. For me. Yes. When I begin to really get triggered and highly anxious or beginning to, to roll into panic, I immediately believe I'm all alone. Yep. You know, it's a lie, but I, but I do think that for me, I cling to that going, I, because I will say, I know I, I feel like I'm all alone, but I'm, mm-hmm. but I am clinging to the truth that you're with me. Yes. And you know, in that, like, just like the devil, this is what I hate about him. He's so sneaky because he gets this stuff like into the church. Mm-hmm. And so if our first reaction is I'm alone, and then we've been taught over and over and over again, that God hates fear and anxiety is not of God. And this mm-hmm. is wrong. You know, so we have this wrong, bad reaction. Well, then we're reinforcing that belief. I'm all alone. Like not even God is with me here because I'm fearing and I'm in anxiety and um, the devil uses that. Then you're isolated. Well, there's no way for you to, to go through, walk through that anxiety. What will happen is that anxiety will continue to grow. Like that will continue to grow in you. And then Mm -hmm. it will happen over and over and over until you're trapped, you know, you're trapped in it and it's a stronghold. And that's mm-hmm. the way the enemy has worked so often in my life was just what you said. Like, well, not even God, you know, cares about me here because I'm disobeying his commands not to fear, you know, right. and, you know, I'd have people offer me all kinds of great Christian advice and like send scriptures and, and that's all, that's all great. I mean, I'm not saying that's not the answer. I'm saying that the foundation of it has to be God's love. If it's not God's love, then we cannot combat fear because perfect love is what casts out fear. And so if we have not been made perfect in love, if there is still fear of punishment, is there is still fear that God has left me and abandoned me right here in my anxiety and panic, then we can't, we're lost. We can't, we can't do it without him. And so, um, I think God has like, and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit mad about it, about this with him, but I think he's made me like the poster child for this. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm the poster child. So this, this thorn in my flesh, you know, I'm not sure I, I, you know, we talk, I talk about this with the Lord all the time. I'm not sure it will ever go away. I'm coming to, to accept that. Like there's more and more healing for me and growth for me. But now I'm seeing how he has used this and how he Mm -hmm. is using this to break strongholds and break chains and to tell people, I don't care if you're right in the middle of the worst panic attack, you know, anxiety attack, whatever your fear is, he, he is with you. He loves you. Like he wants to, he, I think it draws him that, you know, we feel our weakest and most vulnerable. I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack but it is the weakest and most vulnerable that you could ever feel. Like you literally feel like any moment you're going to die. Like it doesn't matter if there's no danger, whatever, like your systems, all your systems are combining to tell you we are, we are dying, like get out of here, you know? And I think that that is the, is the weakest, most broken, like that we can be. And I think that draws the heart of the father. Like, I truly believe that weakness draws the heart of the father and he is with me, you know, right there in the middle of it. And so that is something that I've just recently over the past year 
come to believe after 40 something years of dealing with this and something that I'm just passionate about getting out there to others. Well, and I think, so I've never, I've never had a panic attack. I think I've, because I, because I have had, I've had a child who has, and I would not, I've had physical reactions in my anxiety, but I would not, when I compare what I have had to what I've watched my child have, they're not the same. Right. So I would say no, but um, I agree with you. And, And the reason I agree with you about the fact that I think that the Lord runs to us. Yes. And think about what you do when that child's panicking. What do you do? Like you, you run to them. It's it's like understanding like to me. And and I've had this conversation with that child and with others, but you know, I think the heart of the father is displayed in the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. Every time it makes me cry, like I'm about to cry (laughs) because like he gave him everything knowing he was going to totally wreck it. Yes. Lose all this, whatever. The kid laying in a pigsty. He goes, you know, I should be, I mean, I'd be better off as a servant with my dad. I'm going back there and begging for him to at least let me clean his pigs. I don't know. And you know that scripturally it says that the father was already looking. Yes. He was, he's been looking every day for his child to come home. And then it says he like runs to him, which meant that this man had to tie up his his long robe like in this he literally tied it up like a diaper around him kind of thing so that he could run down the road to meet his son and I think at the heart of the father is so much I am running to you yes to to welcome you home and in the midst of panic we go he doesn't want me anywhere near him in this panic state I've got to clean myself up yes yes to, to go back to him and say, I'm sorry, I panicked. Yeah. And, and God is, is like, no, right. no, I just, you know, I humbled myself to the point of death on a cross. Yeah. I have run all the way with my robe scooped up like a diaper around me. Like yes. I love you. Yes. And, and talking with my one daughter who, and she's been open on this show about it. And she has struggled for a long time with it. And we've talked over the years because she's like, well, I just don't know why I have to keep, why, yeah. why do I have to keep? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. learning. I'm, yeah. I'm putting, and I think this is true probably for people who listen here. It's like, but I, I'm trying to learn these truths, these questions, but we still want to believe it's a magic bullet. Exactly. And that it will take everything away. Yes. And, and God, instead, I believe it wants us to understand, no, I'm working in you and through you. I'm working to renew your mind. I'm working this process of growing you deeper. Like everywhere you look scripturally, the verbs of God at work in us are ongoing verbs, except for when it comes to our salvation moment. So our sanctification moments is moving beyond Jesus, understanding Jesus died for my sins. Everything beyond that, they're ongoing. And yeah. God's like, no, it's no, it's ongoing. It's this That's deepening. So and then, and so when I've talked to my one daughter about it, and she's like, but, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep. Right. I don't want to keep doing this. Hey, I, all right. <laughs> I don't want yes. this. 
And you know, the scripture that the Lord told me to share with her, we were on this phone call one day, we'll share with you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's good for you too. Yes. But Philippians one is where Paul is basically talking about, um, uh, he says for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. So this is this famous passage that we hear all the time where Paul is like, and I think sometimes we read it with the lens that Paul's like, like, I can do this and I'm ready to go to heaven. And some right. of us have the reaction. Well, I don't know. Am I ready to go to heaven? I don't know. But I'm telling you that like my child has wrestled with, like, if this is, if I'm going to have to wrestle this out for the rest of my life, I would rather go. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, yes. like yes. I don't want to keep wrestling this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but it goes on. Paul says, if I'm to live in the flesh, like here, like in our bodies, it means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I can't tell. So he's basically saying, like, I know that if I live here, I'm going to keep working for God. I love yeah. God. I'm going to follow God. But really, heaven sounds better. Yes. And he says, I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But he says this, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary mm-hmm. on your account. Mm-hmm. And then it's these three words to me that are so powerful. He goes, convinced of this. Mm. I know I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and your joy in the faith. And the conversation that I've had with other women and I've had, especially with my one daughter, because it's the conversation God's had with me on different things, because I haven't mm-hmm. panic attacks, no. Other things that feel just as much of like a stronghold. Yes. God goes, no, I am moving you to such a position with me where, where you sit in my hand and you're convinced of this. Yes. This isn't even about you. That's right. Mm -hmm. It is, but it's not Mm -hmm. like you're walking through it. I'm displaying my deep love for you. I'm going to keep freeing you and taking Mm -hmm. you deeper and sharing more of it to you. And, and you'll want to be with me. Yes. You're going to want to be with me more and more. Your heart will hunger for heaven more. Yes. More. yes. But I want you to be convinced of this, to remain and continue for somebody else's progress and joy in the faith. That's so good. And I and think there- that what you were saying is that, is that God is using this and you're like, well, I don't like being the poster child, but the reality is Candace sometimes God goes, no, I want you convinced of this for the progress and joy of other women. And you know, there is no, there is absolutely no greater joy on this earth, Bethany, no greater joy, because when I've seen how he's used, and I don't even like to say use because God does not use us. God works through us. So mm-hmm. like God loves us as his children. And so, but when I've seen how he's worked through this for good in other people's lives, and I start to see like it breaking through their strongholds and how I can, I can see things because I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have ever been able to see them if I hadn't been there. And then I can speak into them that joy. I sat the other day after a situation and I'd experienced like great anxiety through it. 
Um, but I was just so grateful to him. And I could see, I was like, I see, I see how you're healing me. And I see how you're healing others through me. And there is just no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade. I would not trade like being a perfectly normal human being. And I, I mean, I know I am, but, but you know, I, I rarely meet anybody who struggles like I do with anxiety and panic. And I wouldn't trade not struggling for that. I think there's nothing better in this world. There's no greater joy. Um, and that's, you know, that's hard. It's hard when you're in the middle of it. I probably wouldn't say this to you while I was having a panic attack, right. but you know, for your daughter, like it's hard. It's hard to be like, oh wait, there's no magic pill. There's nothing that can that can cure this. And there are a lot of things to help. Like there is always something else to help. And that's what I would say too. Like ask the Holy Spirit. He will lead and he will guide. And if that means getting counseling, if that means being on medication mm-hmm. for a season, if that whatever that means, God has given us so many great resources when he loves us you know, if he didn't love us like that, he would have put us here like in a blank white box and said, just obey me. He didn't. He gave us nature. He gave us the beauty. Like when you walk outside, you see God's beauty. You see his holistic nature, his character, all the things that we see about God. He cares about us like that. And so he will use, he can use doctors. He can use therapists. He can use medicine. He can use you know, all of these things when the Holy Spirit leads and guides us in that there is always more hope. There is always more hope. If you're stuck in anxiety, I wanted to say this to one more thing, because I really felt like this, this was put on my heart um, there for somebody. I don't know who's listening to this, but there was a time in my, in my anxiety and my panic. And when my boys were really little, And I couldn't function. Like I literally could not function. Like it was hard for me to even get in the shower. Like that's how Mm. caught in it I was. And I would, Bethany, I would lay in my closet floor and I'd pray that the Lord would just take my life. I just wanted him to take me home. Like I was just like this, I can't do this anymore. I would beg. Um, I was having the worst kind of like intrusive thoughts, intrusive thoughts. There's a name for them because so many people suffer from them but they are the worst, most horrible things that will make you so afraid. And I think a young, a lot of young mothers go through this, but they will never tell you because it's the most shameful thing. And I would literally walk through the grocery store and think, man, if these people, you know, knew I was having these thoughts or struggling with these thoughts, then they would, you know, they would put me somewhere, you know, like it was just mm-hmm. horrible thoughts. And it was a part of my overactive nervous system and my imagination because of those thoughts were so anti me. That's why they scared me so bad Mm -hmm. Um, because they were so not in my character and they were so not anything that I wanted, but they would have to do with my children. You know, the devil knows where to hit you. And I just, to that woman out there, who's having thoughts like that, that is coming from the, from your, the anxiety and the nervous system and the being overwhelmed with the, with that is literally, you can go look it up. It's like a symptom of anxiety and heavy anxiety and anxiety attacks are intrusive thoughts. And these are a thing that a lot of people struggle with when their nervous system is in overdrive. Um, but the very fact that they scare you so bad is means they have nothing to do with your character. This is stuff coming up out of something completely different. So I just, because I struggled so much, I struggled for so many years with that. And, and I didn't, this is back when I didn't know this was all anxiety. I just thought like I was a horrible person. 
like I really thought, oh, I'm a horrible person. I wanted to say that because that is a symptom of anxiety that you can look up. And as you begin to address your anxieties and the root of it, you will begin to see those thoughts. You, you know, they, when you tell, you know, you say to yourself, that's a product of anxiety. That's just coming out of the anxiety. Then they become less and less. I went, <laughs> I was convinced at one point I had a brain tumor. And so I went to this neurologist. I did. And I had this list of symptoms because I had kept track of all my symptoms. And they, <laughs> I mean, it was insane. Like I went to this neurologist and she, she had diagnosed me with young motherhood. Basically she said, she did. She said, yeah. I see, she said, I see this all the time. She said, when you, when you have a kid, all, all of a sudden that kid is like your world, you know, like you would mm -hmm. never want anything to happen to them. But then that a lot of times can trigger anxiety in us because we can't control the world. We right. can't protect them from everything. We, our nervous systems know that like our bodies know, like as much as we want a helicopter parent, anything could happen at any time, you know? And right. so we live with this like anxiety of, I need to protect this child. And that, that neurologist told me, she's like, you don't have a brain tumor. She said, you just, when people have kids, a lot of times they'll even become, become very afraid that they're going to die. Like they'll think they have all these symptoms. And like, I thought I had a brain tumor mm -hmm. because I was so afraid that I'd leave my kids and they yeah. wouldn't have a mother, you know? Yes. And so there, these things are real things that we struggle with. It's, but it's not just you. If you're listening and you're struggling with this, it's not just you. This is mother's a lot of mothers. This doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less than it doesn't make you a bad mom. It just means that you have a normal nervous system and that you love, you love, 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 love your kids, you know? And so, but the answer to that is to us to go back to what is true. Well, what is true is your God loves your kids a hundred times more than you could ever love them. And so he's the all powerful God. So he's the one that we need to put them in the hands of and say, you know, He's going to be the one to ultimately protect them. And he's going to be the one to ultimately grow them and raise them when we're following him and pursuing him. So anyway, I just wanted to add that. I know this has probably gotten really long, but I wanted to add that because I really felt in my spirit that the Lord, that somebody was listening this morning when I was praying about it, um, that needed to hear that. So I agree. I think there's a lot of women who need to hear that. I mean, I know that. I really, I went after one of my kids. So each one of my, having each one of my babies has been different for me too. Mm -hmm. um, but after one of mine, I really struggled with mm -hmm. thoughts of mm -hmm. um, just, I mean, they just were, I mean, I, I don't mind sharing them. I mean, mm -hmm. I just, because I, sometimes I think it's good to go, this is what, you know, I don't mm -hmm. want to give um, credibility or give people new ideas, but Right. I, just really, I just really struggled with, um, especially if I was driving in a car. Yeah. That to me was really hard to yeah. drive in a car. Yeah. Um, I would just get crazy thoughts there. And I was, and it would right. be like, I would be like, I probably just need to get home. Like yeah. I, just, yeah. I just need to get us home. I yes. probably shouldn't. Yes. I, I was, I just felt really unsteady and uncertain because I would just have these thoughts of, I mean, like, yeah. Well, and I've read news stories like, and this is another thing that people that are struggling with anxiety, you should probably stay away from the news. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah, like yeah. because um, 
I would read news stories and you know, there's some crazy, the, the news is built to like make a profit off of your interest. So they will go out and find the craziest story of somebody. And so I'd read news stories, you know, about moms like that hurt their kids or, you know, the, whatever. And then all of a sudden I just be terrified, you know, like even terrified to get near my kids, you know? Yeah. And so that really can happen. Like that is a anxiety response, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what we tend to do though, I think is, is immediately like you in the car, like, did you feel ashamed because you had to go home? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. we immediately pour the shame on like, Oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? Like, am I dangerous? Like, you know, I think you had to go back. You have to go back to just like what your question said. What am I thinking? What is right? What is right. rooted down? God show me what is down at the bottom. What lie has basically, because what yes. I begin to realize is I had to get good with the Holy spirit's help at detecting the lies that were so deeply yes. down. They are not yes. on the top. No. Mm-mm. The enemy's not, I mean, his lie to me wasn't so obvious. No. Mm-mm. And it never is. <laughs> and so I had to spend time and I had to learn to go. And I would like I would get the kids down for naps, for instance. And a, a, a huge part of me just wanted to like just chill and do nothing. Right. Right. But when I was in those spaces, what I learned was the most valuable thing for me to do was just to have a piece of paper yeah, and in and a, and a Bible and put on some quiet music mm-hmm. and it would be more refreshing to me than vegging out with the TV. Although everything in me wanted to veg out with the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I would choose to sit in that moment and go, why, what yes. is going on, God? Right. And just write and the, and I say it a lot and I've taught a lot with women and I can't explain it. Like, I don't know how to explain other than this. When I would sit, when I sit like that in a posture that goes, I'm a wreck. Yep. And God, I think you're my only hope. And I don't, I don't even know why I'm feeling and believing and experiencing life the way I am right now. And sometimes I will write across the top. This is what I think. This is my thought. Mm-hmm. And then go and literally I'll just write why. Mm-hmm. And then let the spirit of God literally begin yes. from my head down through my pen. And I just yes. start writing out God. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And right. just start writing out a prayer and God begins to sift through there. Yes. And I think yes. it's. You know, sometimes when I talk to women, they're like, but I don't know how to know how to do that. And I'm like, all I can tell you is when I talk, when I go, well, will you do it this way? Will you just take a pen and a piece of paper and literally start going, God, I don't know how to do this and write it and just start writing it out. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will start redirecting your thoughts and you will begin to write out truth. Right. You will bring to your mind. A Bible verse, you may not know where it is. So right. use your phone and Google it. I promise you, you can Google any Bible verse on your phone. If you can remember a little phrase of it, your your phone can find right. that. And then you go find it in your Bible. Right. But that's how, when we don't know how to hear what God has to say to us. Right. That's how I began to learn. Oh, and, and in that season, it was after um, 
it's just, it was after I'd, I had, I had a bunch of kids at this point. So I'd, I'd been around this rodeo of being right, a baby. Right. And, um, and so it kind of even surprised me that why am I struggling with this now? Right. But um, in that season, that's where God really said, this is how you, you and I can work together to understand right. what is true versus yes. what is a deeply embedded lie that right. you're believing. Right. Exactly. And not, and, and what you said is so key too, like not isolating it in our heads because that's the worst place for this stuff to be the yeah. anxiety. Like if you're having intrusive thoughts, I know this is the, the hardest thing. Cause I, I, cause I've struggled doing it too, but write it down, like write it down, talk to the Holy spirit about it. Mm-hmm. If you can find a safe person to say mm-hmm. that out loud to, because I said, I did, I found a person that I trusted completely. And I was like, this is what I'm, and they were just, they laughed, but you know what? That gave me clarity. Cause I was like, that is so far off the chain that they're like laughing. They're like saying, you know, that Candace, that is not like, stop. That's not you, you know? And yeah. it's not like you can just stop those intrusive thoughts, but that gave me like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's right. Like, this is not coming from my character. This is like some like way off thing. Um, and so just get, that's, that's half the, that's half the good of therapy really, honestly, mm-hmm. is being able to say things out loud because as you're getting them out, your brain is making new connections like, oh, well that might, uh, you know, be something from over here when you're, that's why journaling is so powerful. Everybody always talks about journaling because as you're, like you said, as you're getting those thoughts out, the Holy spirit is like in there with you, you know, leading them and guiding them. But when they stay up here, we're just, you know, just ruminating, 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 you know? Well, it's like that because I I do think that we create, I mean, scientists say neural pathways. Yes. I call them ruts where it's like that first thought comes and it's going to run down a rut. It's going to run down one neural pathway. We've been there before. Yeah. And if you can get it out on paper and shift where it is. Yeah. Yeah. And go, okay, now I see it on paper. Yeah, that that looks ugly. You know, that yep. looks that looks terrible or whatever it looks like. Yeah, it's no longer inside of that neural pathway running right. straight to the end. Instead, it's written on a piece of paper with no more thoughts next to it. Yep. And then you can say, OK, God, what's your truth? What's right. the truth in the word versus what this is? It's on paper. Yep. And then that won't automatically fix it. But you can start. But you can start every time you hit that rut saying, no, wait, we've already been here. Let's, let's make a new rut, you know, you know, and not a rut, but you know, I don't know what a better word is, but you know what I mean? That is a scientific thing. That is a scientific thing because the one thing that panic does to your brain is it instantly puts a rut in it. So it instantly puts a hat because of the shot of adrenaline that panic Uh creates in your body, it will give you an instant rut in your head you will never forget like I I could probably tell you the panic attacks I've had now I I've had like hundreds so I probably not all of them but people who only have a few every now and then they can tell you exactly what they were doing exactly where they were exactly mm-hmm. you know because it it's an instant rut and so yeah right now I'm right now I'm venturing into some exposure therapy and the science behind that is you go back and you and you you find the lie, the lie in that rut, you change it to truth, 
then you have to go back and do it over and over, you know, and expose yourself to the anxiety of it, but you Mm -hmm. have to do it over and over and over until your nervous system believes that that is no longer a danger. That is no longer a threat, but that threat will, the, the interesting thing is that threat will always be there. Like it won't go away. Like you have to maintain. So our weaknesses, the weaknesses that we have in ourselves, where we tend to believe those lies, where we have a tendency, whatever our deep fear is, you know, whether it's being abandoned or rejected or, you know, all of those lies that the enemy like puts in there to reinforce, we've got to be constantly maintaining our eyes on truth. That's why he says he will keep in perfect peace. Those whose eyes are stayed on him because they trust in him, because we've got to have that constant reinforcement. And that's what the word is for. That's what the scripture is for. It's to remind us over and over and over. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And those new truths have to be ingrained, but then they also have to be maintained. Yeah. So mm, that's a word. Good. <laughs> that's like, cause I was studying this morning, first Peter, um, <clears throat> that first, first Peter one, um, hold on. I gotta look it up. Cause I can't, I can't quote anymore. I cannot quote scripture. And I used to, I don't know. My brain's gone. We're getting old. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> one thirteen. it says preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ in mm. <clears throat> understanding that God is like, like we have to be in activity. Like yes. this is action every yes. day. It's, yes. you know, it, it, it is the manna of the morning. We got to do this. We got to be engaged in the word and understand it, but also understand that not from a defeating and not from a performing, but from a, yes. no, just God's like, prepare your mind for action. Like action's going to yes. happen today. So yes. let's prepare for it and yes. set your hope fully on the grace of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I don't know, the Lord's just like, just so keep resetting your mind, Bethany. Yes, we have, we have to. And, you know, if we don't, there's so many other things out there vying vying for us, vying for our attention, vying for, you know, to put the neural pathways in our head. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many other things out there. And so if we don't, if, if we think we're not being active, we are, (laughs) even if we're being passive, we're actually actively going in the opposite direction. You know, there's, there's work being done. And do we want to do, do we want to do this hard work of like retraining our brains or do we just want to do the work of maintaining, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like when you're, you start working out, it's not comfortable. You know, you're going to have to get into a groove. You're going to have to get into a habit, but then once you get into that habit, do you really want to go back to like not working out and eating donuts? And then you're going to have to do all that hard work all over again. Or do you want to maintain, you know, and maybe you're just doing a little bit along, you know, like you said, those, I love what you said about those words being you know, growth words and, and, you know, things that we grow into like progressive, it's not, um, for so long, I thought it was perfection. You know, it's like you get saved and then God expects like perfection, but it's not, that's how he designed our whole bodies is for habits, you know, we're designed for habits. And so it's just about maintaining that habit of, you know, relationship with him. And we get so much 
we get so much more than we give, you know, mm-hmm. like he's so good. He like, just, so you want to, if, if he, if you have a heart to pursue the Lord, he is just waiting to like, like give you, you know, give it to you. Like he, he doesn't withhold himself. Like he, he mm-hmm. will, you know, he will totally pour it out on you. So. Oh, this is good. And I know <laughs> that, um, I want I want to tell people where they can find you. They can find okay. you at CandiceRobertsWriter.com. Yes, okay. that is my and, website. Yes, And we will have all this in the show notes and links to your books. I know your books are available on Amazon, but they're also available on your website. Yes. And you are also very active on Instagram. And y'all, if if this has encouraged you, you need to go and follow her on Instagram. We'll have her link at the bottom too, but um, she writes truth that will encourage your soul. And um, and I know that you have encouraged so many today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, you know, I, I do. I feel like it was, I feel like the Lord just, I don't know. Divine appointments are rare, but I can't, I love them. Yes. <laughs> I love them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.